The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration. Whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer, it's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. Good Tuesday morning to you, July 18th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, just waking up with a little island feel today, David. I love it. Well, I've got good news. Uh, beginning on next week, we're going to be doing a live remote from Kokomo. <laughs> from Kokomo. I am all in, David. Tell me where to sign up and when to show up. Tom Cruise will be our bartender. I love that movie. Uh, Cocktails and Dreams. That was the sign on the front of his bar. That's right. (laughs) Uh, What? 1980s, that movie? Uh, In the 80s? Is it in the 80s? Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue was in it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. uh, I have to go look back. But Kokomo was in that uh, movie, of course. That's how the song got popular by the Beach Boys. I play that this morning, or we play that this morning, because today is National Tropical Fruit Day. Uh, okay. So I just, you know, I, we needed a little tropical music to get the show started. And we're going to start with a quiz for okay. you. So here, here we go. National Tropical Fruit Day, they list on the site seven tropical fruits. Okay. Brenda, <laughs> can you name... Seven? The seven tropical fruits okay. that are listed. Now, come on. Some of these are just... Some of these are... Okay, yeah. let, I'll go with the low-hanging fruit. Yes. How's that? How about uh, papaya? Papaya. That's on it. On the list. That was actually the seventh one was on the list. Was it really? Yeah. I, no, see, I would imagine that would have been high on the list. Uh, tropical. Uh, would There might be a kiwi on the list. Good job. That was You're, you're doing these in reverse order. In that, reverse, was that was six. six. Okay. Uh, how about a dragon fruit? Dragon fruit, not on the not list. Not on the list. Man, man, you're missing the ones that I would have just gone thought. Gone right to. Gone right to. Mango. Mango was on there. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, let's see. Um, tropical fruits are interesting. Well, um, now don't go, don't overthink the tropical fruits. Don't over fruits. tropical thru- fruits. Yeah, don't overthink this. Okay. So, yeah. But I uh, see, I I wouldn't put like lemons, limes, oranges. No, those no, aren't tropical. Those aren't tropical. I'm trying to think of all my favorite Starburst flavors. Yeah. <laughs> now again, don't overthink this. Oh, it's man. It's very, these are very simple ones that are listed as tropical. Tropical fruits. Pineapple. Bingo. Okay. Thank you. you Uh, So you've gotten four of seven. Four, so three left, and probably the the easier of them, huh? I would say two of them are very easy. One, a little bit surprising. Okay. Uh, Let's see here, because I'm trying to think what else. Let's see here. Uh, 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 I don't know. Grapefruits? No. 
Yeah. No, no, okay. Because no, no. those would be with like oranges. Yeah, right. Exactly. Sit. Those are citrus fruits. So. Don't, okay. Uh, this. These are. Uh, Every supermarket, one of these, and it's number one on the list, every store you go into, you're, they're just right there. Peaches or nectarines? No. Strawberry. The, not the berries no, either. No, no, Okay. I yeah, feel yeah, you, I feel you, really ridiculous now. you want to now. give up on this? Yeah. I want to know the last three. The top one? Bananas. What? Bananas. I don't think, I guess because I don't think of a banana. It's, it's a, a tr- fruit, it's a obviously, but it's fruit. not a, yeah. like a juicy Well, it doesn't have to fruit. be juicy. You're right. Yeah, that's that's the top of the a list. banana. A banana. Number two, you'll find this again pretty regularly and used in a lot of baking and other things. Okay. Coconut. Uh, <laughs> now, isn't that a nut? It's a fruit. It's in the name. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a fruit, though. The coconut. Okay. All right. There of you course, go. if you're going to have a very delicious pina colada, yeah. got to have the coconut. Got to have the coconut in there. And the final one, which I thought was a little bit surprising, but then when I thought about it, our friends in Hawaii have a tree in, in their yard, in fact, that uh, okay. they get beautiful fruit off of that it's like, oh, yeah, I guess that would be considered a tropical fruit then. And it is? And this one is very close to your family. Avocado? Avocados. Really? Yes. There you go. Oh. Now, see, that makes me excited so to, to have a, yeah. a, an avocado as a tropical fruit. That's what, they, that's what the list says. Again, this is the list. Bananas, coconuts, mangoes, pineapples, avocados, kiwis, and papayas. That's on the list. So... If you ha- if you want to quibble with that, go to the tropical fruit list and <laughs> quibble with them, not with me. Oh, but now I now I am interested in having a very delicious tropical fruit salad. Yeah, see, there you go. I could do that this morning. And today is National Tropical Fruit Day, so perfect day to do it. You know what? Look at the time. Look at there it is we, we, already, uh, already ready to start gotta, in. Got to get going here. So uh, thanks for playing. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, What do you have coming up? We do got a great show ahead, too. It's all about how you use it, David. AI technology now being used by a team of researchers to translate the Bible into very rare languages. All right. Look forward to that. that. And uh, what happened to that cougar? We'll let you know. Where'd it go? Yeah. We got a great show ahead for you on this Tuesday morning. Here is Alob and the Cross Remains. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. We will sing as one Fight for those we love Even in the questions Even in the doubt We will turn to you Turn 
ashes We're trusting in your plan Lord, heal these lands We're trusting in your plan New life from the ashes We're trusting in your Remains. It is 7-Eleven at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this National Tropical Fruit Day. Bananas. Banana. Well, how could... Top on I the th- list. In my mind, I kept thinking it must be something that you can squeeze into a right. juice. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... Well, I suppose you could. You can't <laughs> squeeze a banana. You can blend it. Uh, yes, I like bananas. I put those in my smoothie, actually. So nothing like a tropical smoothie. That's the best. So we're going to talk about our beloved pets with Deacon Justin. So this past Sunday was uh, the blessing of the animals at the grotto. That's right. And so we got to thinking, what happens to our animals? And will God have dogs and cats for us to enjoy when we go to heaven? We'll talk about that right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Brother Louis-Marie de Montfort. Please join me in the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your sacred heart, the salvation of souls, 
and in reparation for sins committed against the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate hearts of Mary. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more than 33 years, Mater Dei Radio has been sowing the seeds of faith. Your legacy of support continues to bring souls back to Christ, just like Michael Boultry. It's really miraculous. I'd come out of confession, and it was the first time I had met the priest. And I turned on my car, and of course, Mater Dei Radio's on. It was the priest that I had just encountered. It's like, whoa, thanks, Holy Spirit. But then the same thing happened again, where I had just met this priest. But then it happened again, and it was three separate occasions and three separate priests, God's providence was so clear to me. And I'm getting chills just talking about it. He was making it so clear and so obvious that, yes, this is the path. You guys are planting seeds that are bearing fruit now and down the line. Michael Boultry is just one of many souls the Holy Spirit has reached through Mater Dei Radio. Help us continue to sow the seeds of faith. Hear more of Michael's amazing story and ensure your legacy of giving at materdayradio.com. And it is 714 at Mater Dei Radio. Few clouds yesterday. Today looks pretty clear and sunny. High of 84 degrees. Clear overnight tonight. Low of 65. And then Wednesday, sunny. Warm tomorrow. Into the hot range tomorrow. We're getting into the yeah. hot range according to the Brenda Scale of yeah, heat. Yeah, 93 <laughs> projected for tomorrow. Well, currently it is a very mild 60 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 59 degrees at Holy Cross Church in Portland. Recently, the Grotto celebrated the love we have for our pets by offering a pet blessing. And many parishes around the Archdiocese for the Feast of St. Francis will also offer a similar blessing. So what is the role of our pets to us here on Earth? And will our pets see us someday in heaven? These are questions that we all have. I could think of no better person to join us this morning than to at least offer us some opinion as to whether or not our dogs go to heaven. Deacon Justin Echeverria is joining me this morning to tell us a little bit about why we love our pets so very much and why it's a good thing to have them blessed. Good morning, Deacon Justin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. It's great to be here. First, I'd love to ask you, Deacon, did you grow up with a lot of pets? Did you have cats or dogs or other sorts of animals in your life growing up that you had to take care of? Yeah, ever since I was basically a baby or a toddler, we I grew up with dogs. So there's pictures of me with, uh, at first I grew up with yellow labs. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were living in New York and then when we moved to Oregon when I was very little. And then a few years ago, we switched to uh, golden retrievers. So currently my, my parents have a golden retriever, a big, big uh, doofus named Murphy. We, we absolutely <laughs> love. <laughs> He's a good dog. We love our pets. We do. I, I mm-hmm. have a couple of pets. Uh, and I do feel affection towards them. I want them to be happy and satisfied, and I don't want them to mess up my house. So I brush them and we talk to them as companions. But I'll definitely say this as a mother, I know their right place in yeah. the family, especially when it comes to children. Mm-hmm. The, the, there isn't a comparison for me, but for some people, especially if their pet or their dog or cat is the only companion that they have in their life, they can take up a, a large portion of their companionship and the relationship. What's the right order? What's the right place that our pets should have in our lives? 
Well, they play an important role in our lives. I mean, I, I, I sort of go back just way back to the beginning to Genesis. I mean, we as human beings are made in the image and likeness of God and God set us at, as basically masters, as stewards, priests of creation in the very beginning uh, to take care of, of the wildlife, to take care of the environment, to take care of our animals, you know? So, you know, it's, it's horrific when you find people who are cruel to, uh -huh. you know, so people who like, you know, for example, have like dog fighting, it's like, oh, that's, that's, that is animal cruelty. You know, like you, you, you shouldn't be doing, that's not a steward of creation. You know, a companion, for example, one of my friends, he, he likes to hunt and he has a black lab with him to go retrieve. So there is that kind of that sort of a sort of a partnership. They're not equal, of course, because a human is a, you know, a rational being with a rational soul and, a, and an animal has sort of what you call an animal soul. Uh, but they they have a dynamic relationship there. For example, the Labrador goes to retrieve, you know, for example, when they go duck hunting or something goes goes to hunt the uh, hunt the duck uh, or, you know, uh, my mom has a has a you know, she has a garden in the backyard she likes to take care of. That's great. That's steward. That's good stewardship of creation. Deacon Justin joining us today as we have just really a heartfelt discussion on the love that we feel for our pets. So let's talk about soul because you said human has a human soul and a dog or a pet has a an animal type of soul or spirit. So what does that mean? Because I believe that we know that our we have a soul that God gave us and that our soul goes to heaven. What do you mean by an animal soul? So basically... There's sort of a hierarchy, and this goes back even to the the early philosophers. Uh, I believe, I believe, and I could be mistaken here. I believe it was with Aristotle as well. But there's sort of a hierarchy of souls where you have the vegetative soul, for example, with with plant life, uh, the sensitive soul, which is what the animals have. So they have perception and locomotion. They can move and they can perceive things and, you know, they get hungry like we do. But then the, the, the human being has something very special made in the image and likeness of God, which is the rational soul. The rational soul, you know, we have a rational mind. We're able to think and calculate and, and ponder on the transcendent, <laughs> fancy words. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have a connection with God, a very special connection made in the image and likeness and being able to know who he is that a dog could not necessarily do for sure oh for sure i love my dogs and digging yeah. as i was telling you i i have one very cute little cocker spaniel i love her very much but mm -hmm. she is definitely not smart at, <laughs> at all and she takes a lot of care in order to help her get things figured out sometimes so knowing their place Mm -hmm. on earth and kind of their hierarchy they they do have a certain level of understanding why would we bless them though if they don't have that rational soul that we do that we have this special place especially in the eyes of god why would we bless something like a dog yeah so we i mean it's we bless. We don't baptize animals because only a human being can be baptized. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, like you know, for example, I, I, I did a blessing of the animals for uh, for my sister's dog and our our dog at home. It was a very special, you know, very special uh, a moment. Uh, obviously, I'm not again, treating this dog like a human being, but even the prayers of these blessings give a good reminder for all of us of our place as human beings as that connection to the earth to creation to what god has given us a responsibility to take care of these creatures 
Now, taking care of a human baby is different than taking care of a puppy. I mean, they're, you know, but uh, you still are given a responsibility to, you know, by the, by our heavenly father to, to care and protect and to provide. And what do you say to somebody who goes, oh, you know, I have this pet. This pet is everything to me. This is like one of my children. Mm -hmm. Is that okay to have a strong connection to your pet? Or is it always important to remind people like, I know you have a strong connection, but that dog or that cat is not the same as children. Yeah, I, I I would say, you know, I think it's wonderful that, that this this creature means so much to you and that you you want to take care of it, whatever dog, cat, you know, there is that responsibility that, that it brings. But there is that very, very um, significant distinction that it's not the same as a, as a human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to sound like a, you know, to dour on it, but, you know, you, th- you think of a, a dog, for example, you know, they don't live as long as a human baby would. Oh, you know, human yeah. beings live to be 70, 80, maybe 90 years old. Actually, I take communion to a woman who's a World War II veteran who's 103. Wow. <laughs> um, but, you know, like all the dogs that I've had, okay, some live to be 13 years old. Some live to be seven. They, they, they come, they're in our lives. They have an impact on our lives, but they, they don't stay very long. That's for sure. You know? As, as if you gave birth to a, a child and you watch them grow and see, you know, see them become who they're meant to be, a beloved child, a beloved daughter or son of the Almighty Father. Deacon Justin, I love this conversation because it does remind me about dogs that I have now, dogs that I've had in the past that were like that, a part of my childhood growing sure. up. And I almost feel like I am shaped and my compassion for things that I come across. I am shaped Mm -hmm. because of learning that compassion with the dogs that I had when I was a child. And well, even learning sorrow when that well beloved pet passed away. And I want to talk more about this because especially I want to know if I'm going to see my little dog Tippy when I was growing (laughs) up, is she going to be there in heaven? But I'm coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue this discussion in the next half hour? Sounds good to me. And it is 724 at Mater Day Radio, Tippy. Tippy, our little dog little growing tippy. up. Got her from the dog pound. Oh, she was tippy. so cute. And my little Benny. And Benny, yeah. who you still see every day on your mouse pad. <laughs> on my mouse pad, that's right. Hey, Hail Mary Media app, do you have it yet? Uh, we hope you do. If not, go to our website. All the details are right there for you. It's free. Couldn't be any cheaper than that. A free Hail Mary Media app. You can have access to our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. Tune into the live broadcast of Mater Day Radio. Sign up for customized prayer reminders and so much more. All the information on the Hail Mary Media app on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Are you a young adult in your 20s or 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? 
Hi, I'm Jesse Jose, the president of the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work in witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to build community, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. Morning may have broken, but don't fret. David and Brenda can fix it. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And it is 726 at Mater Day Radio, and we'll have the latest for you on that cougar on Haystack Rock. That's coming up in the news. And it's all about how you use AI technology, a team of researchers using it to translate the Bible into extremely rare languages. I'll have that story for you coming up in three minutes. Here is Dana Catherine, my savior in me. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Tell me, Lord, tell me, Lord, how can it be that you would choose to use someone like me? Someone like me. Couple billion people in this world, yeah, you have chosen to use somebody so unworthy. I'm just another pen you're putting to the paper, a reflection of my Chapter in this story. 
Dana Catherine and my Savior in me. It is 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In your news this morning, artificial intelligence systems are having their moment. AI image generators such as MidJourney have proven capable of creating almost any picture imaginable. Even a fake but compelling image of Pope Francis in a chic puffer coat. But one team of researchers is seeking to put AI to use for a different and more noble purpose, the translation of the Bible into extremely rare languages. Ulf Herm Jacob and Joel Matthew are researchers at the University of Southern California's Information Sciences Institute in Marina del Rey, California. They recently launched Greek Room, a computer program designed to streamline the process of Bible translation by provided needed quality control services such as spell checking for translation drafts created by humans. Herm Jacob, a lifelong Lutheran, said despite the Bible being being the world's most translated book, it has so far been translated into only about 700 of the world's 7,000 languages, mm. which excludes many languages that have several thousand speakers. Rare, yes, but far from tiny. However, for Catholic translations of the Bible, they must be approved by the Vatican or the appropriate bishops' conference before they can be published. Ladies and gentlemen, the cougar has left the rock. It has. Yes, that's the word from the Oregon State Police and the Department of Fish and Wildlife when it comes to the big wild cat that was spotted on Haystack Rock at Cannon Beach on Sunday. Officials say they found what appeared to be cougar tracks leading away from the rock on Monday morning. Then the Coast Guard flew around the area and found no signs of the mountain lion. Beachgoers are still being cautioned to stay alert in case the cougar returns, with officials warning cougars and bears appear to be getting more comfortable in and around town. So overall, the state is home to around 6,000 mountain lions, but sightings are not that common. The lone hunters prey mostly on deer. Sunday sighting did force the closure of a portion of Cannon Beach as authorities watch the rock from a distance. I know that Haystack Rock is a uh, preserve area because of all of the nesting birds right. that are out there. Now, I don't know how many chicks are nesting still. They may have all, we'll say, flown the coop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was probably looking for a, a little tasty snack and uh, getting into those nests. That's what they were thinking. So but keep an eye out on that <laughs> because right. if it's an easy brunch for this cougar, yeah. he might be back for more might, later might on. Might be coming back. 
Street racing once again took over multiple intersections throughout Portland on Sunday night from the Fremont Bridge to the Coley and Roseway neighborhood. People living nearby said they heard gunshots, fireworks and tires screeching for at least two hours here at the corner of Northwest Fremont and 72nd Avenue. Monday morning, you could see skid marks, pieces from cars and tires scattered on the road there, even A few neighbors came by to have to clean some of it up. Chris Hansen, chair of the Roseway Neighborhood Association, who lives nearby, says he called Portland police but never saw their presence at the takeover. In the past, Portland police have said due to low staffing and the number of people and vehicles involved, a large coordinated response from police is required to safely break them up. The 7-Eleven location near Northeast Prescott and 60th Avenue was looted late Sunday night. The owner says between ten and $15,000 worth of merchandise was stolen in less than 20 minutes. Security footage captures looters left with handfuls of things like cases of beer, cigarettes, and snacks after going behind the register despite the workers' pleas to leave. The mayor's office tells KGW Portland police are beefing up their traffic division against post-pandemic and have started performing stings at street takeovers, resulting in some arrests. They are also looking for implementation of Senate Bill 615, which increases penalties like forfeiting a vehicle used in street takeovers and criminal penalties for those who organize these gatherings. David, the 405 bridge, yeah. is that the Fremont? That is the Fremont. Okay, I can see this happening because I noticed it when I came over the bridge yesterday on the top deck. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, right in the very center, you can see the round skid marks oh, right. of a car or multiple cars mm. just circling that. So dangerous. Yeah, no kidding. Because at that speed, could you launch yourself off the edge? Yes, mm. that is... I can't even believe that. So, But, yeah, there are evidence of it. All right. Well, Brenda, you can still check your numbers, (gasps) but there was no big winner in last night's Powerball drawing. That means the jackpot has grown to $1 billion for the third time in the game's history. The next drawing tomorrow. Okay. uh, Get your tickets now. So the Mammoth Grand Prize ranks as the seventh largest U.S. lottery jackpot and the third largest Powerball jackpot behind the world record of a little over $2 billion. That was one last year in California. So there have been 38 consecutive drawings now without a jackpot winner since April 19th. In Saturday's Powerball drawing, there were a couple of Oregon winners. A $50,000 winning ticket was purchased in Portland and another was bought in Bandon. Another lottery game, the Mega Millions jackpot, also growing. It's expected to be $640 million. That's for tonight's drawing. So uh, pick your $1 billion billion prize or your $640 million prize. Look, I get excited when my scratcher wins me back $2. I feel like I've accomplished something. Uh, Okay, I'm going to get the Power Play ticket, though, which is a $3 ticket. So if I hit five numbers and miss the Powerball instead of the one million jackpot, I can get two million. Oh, Oh, well, hey, that's one dollar for two million. Yeah, I think that's all right. There you go. I don't know that I have ever hit more than a couple of numbers. Yeah, well, that's why the odds. I, I saw the odds and it was something like, and this was the last drawing, one 
It was like one in 250 million. <laughs> that's that's a lot. That's, those uh, are long odds. Those are long odds. Yes, Don't, they are. This is not meant to be an investment. That's not for investment if purposes. If you find a couple extra dollars in the bottom of your purse, okay. But otherwise, don't get too excited. Yeah, right. U.S. officials on Monday approved the first long acting drug to protect babies and toddlers against a respiratory virus that sends tens of thousands of American children to the hospital every year. RSV is a cold-like nuisance for most healthy people, but it can be life-threatening in the very young and the elderly. The Food and Drug Administration approved the injection for infants and children up to two years old who face increased risk of severe RSV. There are no vaccines for babies yet, though Pfizer and other companies are working on them. The drug to be sold under the brand name Bayfortis is a laboratory-made version of an antibody that helps the immune system fight off or RSV. Under the FDA approval, babies, including preterm infants, can receive a single injection to protect against their first season of RSV, which typically lasts about five months. And children up to the age of two can receive another dose to protect them during their second season facing the virus. Bayfortis, which will be marketed in the U.S. by Sanofi, is already approved in Canada, Europe and the U.K., Sanofi did not immediately announce the U.S. price of the treatment. In sports, this is pretty heady company when you talk about all of the great golf courses around the world. But scenic Bandon Dunes on the southern Oregon coast ranks sixth on the list of the most desirable courses to play on the planet, according to a study that was reported on Oregon Live that used Internet search and social media analytics to come up with its rankings Augusta National, home of the Masters Golf Tournament in Georgia, was the top course that fans wanted to play. Second on the list, TPC Sawgrass in Florida. That hosts the Players' Championship. Third, the old course in St. Andrews, Scotland. That was third on the list. Okay. Speaking of which, the Open starts on Thursday. So not at St. Andrews, but it does begin on Thursday. The uh, Emirates Golf Club in Dubai. Oh, okay. That Sign me up. Yep. Fifth on the list, pretty close by, Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach. Yeah. I was wondering where that was yeah. going to make it on the list. And that would be that, a nice one. That's followed by Bandon Dunes. Never played Bandon Dunes. Not much of a golfer, but I understand it is beautiful down there on the southern Oregon coast. Okay. I guess kind of similar to Pebble Beach because uh, it's right on the beach. Right on there. the beach. Yeah. Uh, there's one in San Diego, Torrey Pines, the Torrey same Pines, way, yeah. right there on the beach. Camas Meadows, not on there. That was the biggest not, course I've played yeah, so far. I so. didn't, yeah, I, that, I don't believe that was on the <laughs> list. You know, Torrey Pines, though, you mentioned that. I think that was in the top 10. Was it really? Yeah, yeah Sure, exactly. that's the, the Buick Classic yeah. Tigers uh, tournament. He, that's mm-hmm. always at Torrey Pines every right. year. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And throughout the month of July is Catholic Community Services of Lane County's Independence from Hunger Campaign. This campaign drives benefits to CCS Springfield Service Center, which feeds individuals and families struggling with poverty in the Springfield area on a daily basis. Give $5 at the Springfield Grocery Outlet and get $5 off your next purchase of $25. You can also donate non-perishable foods at locations in Springfield Grocery Outlet, Eugene or Springfield CCS 
Centers, Camp Creek Church, and St. Alice or St. Mary's Catholic Church. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary Media app. Wasn't there a movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven? There was a yes. movie, and that's true in the cartoon movie version of it. Okay, well, you'll discuss that with Deacon Justin right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yeah, 742 at Mater Day Radio. Well, sunny skies today. Going to be a beautiful day. High right around 84 degrees. Clear overnight tonight. Low of 65. Sunny again tomorrow. Heating up high of 93. Currently already 71 degrees at Christ the King Catholic Church in Milwaukee. Wow, and 61 degrees at the St. Thomas More Newman Center in Eugene. And I'm back with Deacon Justin Echeverria. Deacon Justin is joining us today because we're having a really kind of a heartfelt discussion on a gift from God that so many of us have or grew up with, and those are our pets. Deacon Justin is during, is in his pastoral year at Christ the King in Milwaukee, very soon to head back to his education in Rome. So mm-hmm. we're so pleased, Deacon Justin, to have you here with us during the summer. It's been a whole lot of fun talking with you. Thanks for staying with me. Of course. As a seminarian and as a God willing, a future priest. Is there rules about priests being able to have pets with them while they're ministering to people in uh, the diocese? That's a good question. I I knew some priests who had pets growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in college, I remember uh, I was part of a Catholic group because the, the university I went to, Seattle Pacific, uh, Christian school, wasn't Catholic, but we uh, were part of a Catholic cadre. And one of the Dominican priests from Blessed Sacrament near UW would come and sometimes he'd bring his dog, Holly. Very sweet dog. Uh, so it, it is very much possible. However, mm-hmm. I, I will say just in my experience of active ministry, uh, it's more an, uh, maybe the exception than the rule insofar as it's, it's hard, I think, sometimes to have a, a pet when you're in active ministry because they, they do, t- I mean, they, they do take up a lot of, a lot of time and you got to make sure, you know, you feed the animal and, and walk it depending what animal uh, take care of it as what while you're also uh, taking care uh, to the of the people of God. Uh, so it's definitely if a priest is thinking about having a, a pet, just think about it. You know, just make sure <laughs> reflect and you know, would this be something that's feasible in your parish? You know, in your parish ministry, or maybe it'd be easier to have one when you're a retired priest. Just depends. Okay, it just depends. Or perhaps maybe uh, just knowing how much care a dog is, having to mm-hmm. walk them regularly and and mm-hmm. make sure they're they're active versus something like an maybe a very independent cat. 
uh, who <laughs> who is appreciative of making sure you leave their food out for them, but otherwise <laughs> don't really notice if you're there or not. There could be some, I guess, yeah, as you said, some considerations. Yeah, as, uh, I think for, for my personal take on it is, you know, with any major decisions, even something like that, will it get in the way of ministering to the people of God? Because a priest is, uh, you know, a priest is not a bachelor. He's a, he's a husband and father, and he, 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 he devotes his life to God's children. So just anything that would get in the way, you know, as an obstacle or a potential obstacle, that should be something to really reflect and ponder on. Is this a good idea now, maybe later, maybe not at all? Who knows? Oh, you for know. sure. Deacon Justin, so, but there are priests and and you as a youngster had animals. I've mm-hmm. always grown up with dogs and I've loved them and very much and even shed tears when they've died mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes having to make that tough decision to care for them in such a way yeah. to help them with that passing. Mm-hmm. So we have a relationship. I think that is a relationship. Mm-hmm. So that relationship, does it carry to heaven? Meaning that God has given us all these beautiful things in creation that includes you know, everything that we see and the relationships that we have with pets and the connection that we have with them. What does that mean then for us in heaven? I mean, if he would give us such a great gift here on earth, wouldn't that gift be available for us in heaven? What do we know about pets and animals in heaven? Yeah, it's 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 a it's a big topic because people do want to know. And as you said, you know, many of us did have some sort of creature, some animal in our in our lives who made an impact on us. You know, I I was devastated when I was a very when I was very little and and Clyde, my yellow lab, he I I remember going to school, came home, he wasn't there. My mom told me, Clyde's Clyde's not here anymore. And I remember she sat by me on my bed and I was crying and it was you know, I was I was a little kid. Uh, because they do make a make an impact, but me being you know I just I like to go to the sources. You know what is what does the Catechism of the Catholic Church say? And also this is also from Catholic Answers, which is also a very great resource mm-hmm. for anybody who wants to know some of these bigger questions. But we got to start with what is what is heaven as defined by the Catechism of the Catholic Church? And what they say, what the what the Church teaches is it's a state of supreme definitive happiness that involves a perfect communion of life and love with the Trinity, with the Virgin Mary, the angels, and all the blessed. So we, and we understand what's called the beatific vision so that when a human being dies, that what we are called to, to be, you know, is to be in that presence of God, to just, to just be, behold him in his glorified state. To know, you know, this is the this is the next step. This is not, you know, this this life here is not, not the end. Now, according to Catholic answers, they say that the definitive state of human happiness and communion of life and love assumes presumes the powers of love and rational knowledge. Okay, rational. That's what we as human beings have the capability, which animals do not have. Therefore, this is again from the from Catholic answers. No non-human animal would be able to experience heaven as defined. Now, I do want to say, okay, if, you know, my dog Ruby or Clyde, these are some of the names we, we had growing up. If they're not at the beatific vision with us, 
is my dog in hell? No, no. <laughs> I want to just clear that. No. But also, let's let's think about, you know, when we're doing research, let's look at the evidence. Because we're also getting into, this is getting more into speculative theology. Right. You know, what is it going to look like with animals? Because we do hear about in scripture, in First Peter and in the book of Revelation of, you know, new heaven and a new earth and imagery of animals. The wolf will lie down with the lamb, you know. So will these animals exist in this new earth, this new creation? There are people on, I don't want to just say two sides. There are people on many sides. I got into a discussion with this in the seminary last year. You know, there are people who say, sure, why couldn't there be animals in this new creation? Mm-hmm. And there are some people who say, absolutely not. One of my good friends and I, we were talking about it and we came to the conclusion, quote unquote, conclusion that, you know, We'll be in the beatific vision, so we won't need anything else because we'll be in full communion with God. We, he'll be there. But with animals, we don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we'll never know. Who knows? It's, it's, it, and some people, again, may not like this answer that I'm giving. It's like, oh, no, give something more definitive. Well, okay, but, but we're delving into very speculative waters. So it's, well, we'll hopefully we'll, we'll see what happens when we get there. We know that God is all powerful, that he created everything to be good, that before the fall, there was a garden in, in our conversation before this, and that we were with animals, with, with life, and that man was made to be the priest of creation all before the fall. And we know that God in his divine mind, he never forgets anything he created, anything. So, you know, the, 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 old, the old, old person who dies, God will never forget them. The baby, unfortunately, who dies at childbirth, God will never forget that baby. You know, the, the, the forest that was destroyed, God never forgets that creation. The world and universe he created, he will never forget any of that. But again, we don't know, we're not, we're, we're made in the image and likeness of God, but we don't know, we don't have that same faculty as God has rationally. So it's like, I can just snap my fingers and say, okay, here's heaven, here's a vision. Oh, there's, yeah, there's Fido right there. Or, or there's that, oh, there's dinosaurs there. Or, no, we don't know. We just don't know. We just don't know. But we can, you know, speculative theology, you can, you can speculate, you can, you can ponder. It gives us, it actually gives us a lot of, um, it kind of shows the beauty of our being made in the image and likeness of God. We can think about these things. And, you know, for the time being, if you have a pet, treat them kindly, compassionately, because we are made to be their masters, but not in a slave master mentality, but a, a steward mentality. I think, you know, very much echoing probably, you know, sentiments from the Holy Father as well. Oh, I love that so much. It's a wonderful conversation. Just all of these things come to mind. I would often think about questions or things that I didn't understand here on earth or just unusual things that we never were able to resolve on earth. I think, oh, in heaven, we'll know all the answers to all those questions that we ever had. And then I think, oh, but probably once I'm before God, I won't even care anymore what those answers are. And Possibly. perhaps that's the same thing with our pets while they might be there. Well, looking at, to have the ability to peer upon God. Well, that's probably going to be the only thing that we ever want to do again. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I know one of my, you know, for example, my, my brother, Derek, I, I remember visiting his, his, uh, his apartment in Dallas, Texas. And, uh, 
thanks again for a great weekend, Derek, back in January. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> but, you know, for example, we had a we had a dog named Ruby who who died. And I remember my my brother loved that dog. He was he was very uh, close with her. Like whenever they uh, he'd come home for for break, he'd play with her, and it 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 definitely hit him. And and uh, you know he had a he had just someone I think is it might have been his girlfriend. Somebody made a little picture um, of Ruby, her playing in the snow for that he has in the corner of his apartment. So you know never you know to downplay you know these creatures they they do have an impact on us for sure. And you, we what we can do while we're speculating. I mean again whether you believe you know what's going to happen afterwards. Okay. Cherish those memories, you know, cherish those memories, you know, like with my brother, he can cherish those memories of when he'd come home for Christmas and play with the dog, you know, yeah. uh, those, those are still, those are part, those are blessings that God gives us while we are making our journey back to him in this life. You know, mm. the people we meet, the relationships we have, even, even the impact creation has on us. We're, and, and we have on them because we are also creation. We're all part of that. That, that that dynamism, that 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 was made to be good before the fall. No, um, perfect. Uh, I appreciate your time today. Just being able to talk and think about our beloved pets, and you're right, the gift that they are from God mm-hmm. and the joy they bring us for sure. It makes that time that we are spending here on Earth as we're trying to get back to our Lord all the more sweeter. Deacon Justin, Absolutely. thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. And it is 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Great discussion. It was a lot of fun yeah. to think about that. And and even Deacon Justin said, yeah, he, he thought about it. They even talked and had debates about it in seminary. Sure. So. I mean, it's one of those things, like you say in the interview, you just don't really know. You don't know. You don't know until you get there. Hopefully, <laughs> That's it. Hopefully you get hopefully there. Hopefully we'll all find out yeah. for sure. So anyway, great to have Deacon Justin on. He's in Italy. He's right? heading back in September, the first September. week of September, yeah. he said. All right. Well, well, we'll hope to have him on a few more times, too, uh, before he heads off. Or maybe we'll even get some live uh, line phoners from him from Italy when he goes Oh, that there. would be great. So anyway, great stuff. Well, we'll be right back and uh, continue with the Morning Blend. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Summertime is a great time to drive the open road, unless your old reliable wheels just aren't up to the task anymore. You know who could use that old car? Mater Day Radio. You can donate most vehicles, cars, trucks, vans, RVs, and boats to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program with the proceeds supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast, and in return, getting yourself a likely tax deduction. More information on our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. Grab some coffee and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. 
And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Man, some places around the country, hot. Really hot. Even on the Brenda scale, they are in the hot territory. Yes. We'll we'll talk about that coming up in the news. And after a Twitter post made its round, Bishop Strickland of Texas says he has no intention of leaving the Catholic faith. I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin Jory with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Today's saint is Saint Bruno of Segni. Bruno was born around the year 1045 in Solero, Italy. He began his theological education in a Benedictine convent where he also studied humanities and liberal arts. He became a canon in Siena in 1073 and then headed off to Monte Cassino to become a monk. However, during his trip, he became ill. He remained in Siena and served under Bishop Rudolphus. Bruno was known for his defense of the Orthodox faith and for his vast knowledge of sacred scripture as well as his piousness. He spoke at the Sixth Roman Synod of Pope Gregory VII in 1079, which dealt with transubstantiation. Let's just spend a minute on transubstantiation. From the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraphs 1376 through 1377, the Council of Trent summarizes the Catholic faith by declaring, because Christ our Redeemer said that it was truly his body and he was offering unto the species of bread, it has always been the conviction of the Church of God and this Holy Council now declares again, that by the consecration of the bread and wine, there takes place a change of the whole substance of the bread into the substance of the body of Christ our Lord and of the whole substance of the wine into the substance of his blood. This change, the Holy Catholic Church has fittingly and properly called transubstantiation. The Eucharistic presence of Christ begins at the moment of the consecration and endures as long as the Eucharistic species subsist. Christ is present whole and entire in each of the species and whole and entire in each of their parts in such a way that the breaking of the bread does not divide Christ. Thank the Lord that we've had great saints and scholars in the Catholic Church for the last 2,000 years that have helped more fully express the truths that have been there from the beginning. After the Synod, Bruno reluctantly accepted the position of Bishop of Segni. After some time, he left Segni and became the abbot of Monte Cassino, which is what he wanted originally. Bruno was a bishop and an abbot at the same time. Talk about holy. After a little feud with the Pope, Bruno was made to leave Monte Cassino and was again a full-time bishop of Segni. He died as a bishop in 1123 and was buried in the cathedral. St. Bruno of Segni, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is a three-minute daily show that unpacks the lives of the saints with practical messages for everyday life. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. And that is Awaken the Saint. You can find more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio. Please download our free Hail Mary media app. Find all the details at materdayradio.com. It is 8 o'clock. And in your news this morning, if you like hot weather and the Willamette Valley's 90-plus degrees aren't doing it for you, well, travel no farther than Death Valley on the (laughs) California-Nevada border. This week, it is living up to its reputation as one of the hottest places on the planet. 
On Sunday, it reached a scorching 128 degrees at a location aptly known as Furnace Creek. Oh, goodness. Uh, how appropriate is, is that? Is there really a creek at Furnace <laughs> I, Creek? Well, I, I don't know. It's Probably, hot if it I is. I can't imagine. Yeah. So the hottest temperature ever recorded was 134 degrees in July of 1913, of all times, at Furnace Creek. So, uh, yeah, very, very hot there. Temperatures at or above 130 degrees have only been recorded on Earth a handful of times, mostly in Death Valley. That's the name, That's I guess. That's the name. Yeah. That does, it's not yeah. by accident. So the heat wave is just one part of the extreme weather hitting the U.S. Las Vegas and Phoenix have both been topping 110 degrees. In fact, Phoenix is fast approaching 20 straight days of the mercury hitting 110 or higher. Oh, my. 20 days in a row. Uh, city's record is 18 straight days, set in 1974. So it's not just the U.S. Uh, I guess in Europe right now, uh, Italy, extremely oh, hot. No. And many countries are breaking records of hot weather. And so it's kind of like, you know, that's what's happening. Of course, you got all the wildfires happening up in Canada where it's dry up there. So it's a, it's a tough go. And, you know, we're just mid-July. Sure. And you think about that extreme heat in those fires and our firemen and women yeah. who are out there you know, trying to get things under control, working under these conditions. Mm-hmm. So extreme. Yeah. Prayers for them. No doubt. San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordleone and Diocese of Tyler, Texas Bishop Joseph Strickland on Sunday both publicly condemned a message falsely attributed to Strickland that appeared to advocate schism from the Catholic Church. Earlier in the month, an image had circulated on social media appearing to suggest that Bishop Strickland was backing a move towards what they called a separation from the Bergoglian sect, an apparent reference to a schismatic break from the Holy See. The Texas prelate on Sunday openly condemned the message and denounced it as false. Strickland wrote on Twitter on Sunday morning, a fabricated and scurrilous message using my image and name is circulating, which falsely depicts me making a statement advocating separation from the Catholic Church. I condemn this false use of my name. I am a loyal son of the Catholic Church. Cordleone likewise came out publicly against the fabricated message, writing on Twitter in response to the fake message, the devil is a liar and the father of all lies. It is unclear where the image originated. Screenshots on social media suggest it was shared at least by the media website Gloria.tv. A couple traffic advisories for you on two well-traveled bridges. So northbound lanes of Portland's 405 Fremont Bridge will be closed from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. this week. ODOT crews are doing inspection work on the bridge. Detours are set up in the area using Highway 30. Now, the work should be completed by 5 a.m. this Friday morning. And the Lewis and Clark Bridge, which crosses the Columbia River between Rainier, Oregon, and Longview, Washington, will be closed for up to eight days while crews make repairs to the bridge's expansion joints. 
Pedestrians, bicyclists, and emergency vehicles will be able to cross the bridge except for a 10-hour period during replacement of the fractured floor beam when no traffic will be allowed. The floor beam replacement is expected to take place during the first few days of the closure. So that's a pretty busy bridge, that area. That uh, that one is for sure. Whenever we head out to the coast, uh, Cannon Beach or Long Long Beach, that's the bridge we always take. Mm Mm-hmm. Law enforcement agencies have discovered links between four women found dead in and around Portland over the past six months, and a person of interest has been identified, the Multnomah County District Attorney's Office reported Monday. The DA's office said no charges have been filed against anyone in connection to the four deaths, but at least one person has been identified as a person of interest who is linked to all four of the dead women. The District Attorney's Office has not released that person's name, or said whether they are in custody. The district attorney's office said in Monday's news release that they don't believe there is a threat to the public. Based on the available information to investigators, they said there is not believed to be any active danger to our community at this time. The DA's office said in the news release that it's not releasing any more information, including how the four deaths are linked. They also said the cause and manner of deaths of the four women has yet to be determined by the Oregon State Medical Examiner. And in sports, uh, this should be pretty cool. Actor Brad Pitt is in the process of filming a movie about Formula One racing. In fact, the movie crew was in Silverstone last Sunday where the British Grand Prix was being run. In the feature, Pitt stars as a former driver returning to the sport with a fictional F1 team. And what better place to film than Silverstone, famously the first circuit to ever host an F1 race back in 1950. Filming even took place during last weekend's British Grand Prix. Now, Pitt will be the real deal on the racetrack. He spent time on the track working with legendary F1 racer Lewis Hamilton, who was the all-time leader in F1 wins. This isn't the first time Pitt has starred in a movie about sports. He notably played the role of baseball team Oakland A's general manager, Billy Bean in the 2011 film. You remember what it was? Money. Moneyball. Ball, yeah, right. Moneyball, exactly. So, yeah, it should be a fun movie. We seem to love those types of movies yeah. about sports and football and baseball, race car driving. Race car of driving. course, Tom Cruise, the uh, infamous uh, Cole Trickle. <laughs> That's right. Uh, in, uh, was it Days of Thunder? Days of Thunder. That's it. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. St. Thomas Aquinas was highly regarded for the sanctity and intellect during his life, but was more widely appreciated after his death. It didn't take too long for the church to hold up St. Thomas and his example to follow and to canonize him as saint. He was officially canonized on July 18th, Mm, that's today, in the year 1323 by Pope John XXII, only 49 years after his death. Vatican News reported that Pope Francis wrote a letter in Latin commemorating Aquinas' canonization, describing him as a man of the church. And Pope Benedict summarized St. Thomas Aquinas' teaching in a general audience in 2010, recalling a popular story from the saint's life. It says the life and teaching of St. Thomas Aquinas could be summed up in an episode passed down by his ancient biographers. While, as he want, the saint was praying before the crucifix in the early morning in the chapel of St. Nicholas in Naples. The church sacristan overheard a conversation. 
Thomas was anxiously asking whether what he had written on the mysteries of the Christian faith was correct. And the crucified one answered him, You have spoken well of me, Thomas. What is your reward to be? And the answer Thomas gave him was what we too, friends and disciples of Jesus, always want to tell him. He said, Nothing but yourself, Lord. St. Thomas continues to influence both laity and clergy around the world, continuing to form how the church functions even in this modern world. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Coming up on Wednesday at 6 o'clock, it's Summer Wednesdays at St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church here in Portland. Adoration with praise and worship led by Daniel Oberreiter from 6 to 7 o'clock. Hot Dogs and Hamburgers going to be hosted by the Knights of Columbus at 7. Then they're going to watch another episode of The Chosen Indoors at 7.30. And remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And we have a homily highlight coming up with Monsignor O'Connor. It's right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and parish in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. No matter where your summer travels take you, Monterey Radio is always there. Our Hail Mary Media app is the perfect road trip companion. You're always a click away from a treasury of uplifting prayers, including live liturgy of the hours from the Benedictine monks at Mount Angel Abbey and a customized schedule of your own daily prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also features a stream of Monterey Radio's live broadcast and podcast of all our original shows and new programming not available on the radio. 
Radio. Plus, you can jump into all the exciting summertime activities on the interactive community calendar, the latest Catholic news, and much more. Join the thousands of listeners who are moving through the summer with the Hail Mary Media app. Download it today. Search Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or go to MontredayRadio.com for all the details. Wherever you go this summer, you're never far from the Hail Mary Media app and Monterey Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 8.13 here at Mater Day Radio. We have a beautiful summer day ahead of us and warm temperatures across the region. A cooler day yesterday, but temperatures today going to be much higher. By lunchtime, we're resting at 76 degrees. And by the afternoon, we top out at 84. Overnight, we cool off just to the middle 60s. Then hot temperatures tomorrow pushing us to the low to mid 90s. Wow. So, you know, we were talking about Death Valley. You know what the low in Death Valley was projected? The low. Uh, Like overnight? Like the overnight low? 99. No. Oh, my God. No relief at all. Oh, that's that's horrible. It's 63 degrees at St. Vincent's Church in Salem. And 59 degrees at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Battleground. Need a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for Homily Highlights on Mater Day Radio. And today's homily highlight from our good friend, Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, the rector at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception here in Portland. Today's Holy Gospel, we uh, read that the Lord tells the disciples the parable of the sower. And this is one of the longest parables in the New Testament, but it's also probably the most simple because Jesus himself tells us what it means. So there's no point in going on to do uh, massive exegesis about the meaning of this. He tells us quite plainly what it means, right? So it's worth us looking, I think, at those four types of path. We could four types of uh, uh, soil, if you like, um, because we could say there are four types of people, four types of people that walked the streets of Palestine within those days, and there are probably four types of people today the same. Um, Let's first of all look at the path. The path is where the seed lands and the birds immediately come and take the seed away. There's nothing can be done. There's no real hope for anyone on the path or the seed falling on the path. The seed will never take root, it will never grow. And before it's even got a chance to do that, the birds come and take it away. The evil one comes and wipes that out, annihilates any chance of any growth of the word in on the path. These, in those days, would be the scribes and the Pharisees. The scribes and the Pharisees would have seen what the Lord was doing, would have seen the miracles, would have heard the talk, he would have been in front of him, he would know his knowledge of sacred scripture, he would know, they would know his knowledge of the law, that he knew it better than they did, but they had no inclination whatsoever to think that he could be the Messiah. They might have thought he might be the Messiah, but they didn't want to change, and they weren't going to change. They weren't going to listen to anything he said, They were set in their ways, they had a mind made up, and nothing was gonna change that. That's the seed falling on the path. And the same today, we have this all the time with our post-Christian world. We have our modern ideologies, of which no one will give any uh, leeway whatsoever. A lot of people are fixed in their minds about these certain things, whether it be, you know, uh, human sexuality, whether it be social justice, whether it be climate, whatever. We've got our ideology, we're sticking to it, and we will not be open to anything else. We certainly won't be open to a messiah. 
And then we see the rocky soil. You know, this is the soil that just won't allow anything to really get deep roots. It's superficial, it's the surface. It will last for a short while. The sun will come and it will wither these up, these plants, because they're not deep-rooted in soil. In our Lord's Day, a lot of them around, right? Do you remember after about a year or so public ministry, or no, probably two years, um, people have followed him, they've watched him, they, they, they think he's the Messiah, they think he's a king, they think he's a great rabbi, they think he's got a lot to offer. They follow him around and then in John chapter six, he says, I am the bread of life. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have life in you. We will come to you and we will dwell in you, my father and I. And remember what said there, the Jews started murmuring. This teaching is too hard, they said, and they walked away. Then he says to Peter and Paul, are you gonna, Peter, are you gonna walk away as well? No, Lord, who can we go to? You have the words of eternal life. But a lot of his disciples walked away from him because though he's mad at this point, he's talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Nah, that was fun while it lasted for the six months, the year, whatever, but now he's talking madness, we're gonna walk away. We see that in the church. As a priest, I see this often. Uh, there was one chap in my old parish who was uh, born a Catholic, became evangelical, met his wife in the evangelical church, a couple of kids, somehow came back to the Catholic church. And I, if you know any evangelicals, they sort of tend to follow their pastor around, or, or, or change pastors often, because the evangelical uh, gathering is based about a homily, you know, and, and the, the, the pastors preach for about an hour. And if you're no good at that, it's, it's, a, it's a long hour, right? So people change all the time. So they tend to go to one uh, mega church for six months and then they'll switch to another one. And if the pastor leaves, a new one comes, there's a, there's a lot of movement among that community. And so he did that, he'd been to you know, six months here, a year here, a year here. If something brought him back to the church. So he started coming to my parish and you know, whatever, and totally on fire for six months. Everything wanted to, he joined everything, he joined the Knights of Columbus, his wife converted, through, went through RCA, he put the kids in the Catholic school, just crazy, everything was great, enthusiastic about everything. He used to come and talk to me all the time, asking me questions, it was sort of like, I was enthused by his enthusiasm, you know, it was just like this. And then one day, we never saw him again. He'd gone back to an evangelical church, something perhaps I'd said in a homily or whatever, but just that. And I was always, you know, and I never really saw them again. They took the kids out of the school and all this sort of stuff. And it was like, what happened? You were so on fire with your Catholic faith and then it just stopped. And I think this is it. This is the, there's no, there's no depth there. There's no roots. It's, it's rocky ground. It's superficial. And so I'm always weary when people are sort of like, you know, want to give up, you know, they come to see you and they've had a conversion. They want to give up their lives and, they want you to, you know, sort of do all these things. And then, you know, you've got to take it gradually, you know. This is, it's, it's got to have foundation. It's got to have those deep roots in the faith. And then, of course, we have the third type, which is that seed that falls amongst the thorns and the weeds. And the Lord tells us, this is the allures of the world. These thorns and the weeds choke the good uh, plant and don't allow it to produce any fruit. The thorns and the weeds, an example in our Lord's time is the rich young man, right? He comes to the Lord and says, what must I do, Rabbi, to inherit eternal life? And he says to him, knowing, he says to him, go and sell all you own and follow me. And remember the, the, the gospel, it says, he, he put his head down and was sad 
because he had many possessions. And he walked away. Now, you know, if, if the Lord stood in front of you and tells you to go and sell what you had and follow me, and it's Jesus Christ and you know it is, you'd probably do it. But if he's so attached to the world, he didn't. And now, the Lord still asks us to do that, but he's not stood physically in front of us, right? So we can see how difficult that is, that the things of the world are more important than the things of God. When we're asked to do something sacrificial for the Lord, we're more interested in the things of the world, whether it be money or property or, you know, or just, or just simple things that we like more than the Lord, sports or you know, whatever, our own pleasures, you know, we put those before the Lord. That's the thorns and the weeds. And uh, finally, we have the good soil. And here it is, right? Because we are called to bring forth some fruit in our lives. And that fruit is meant to be fruit for the kingdom of God, to do something for the kingdom of God. We're asked to bear some fruit for the kingdom of God. And that's what we'll ask ourselves. And that's what we'll be asked at the end of our lives. We'll be judged on the love that we had and how is that love judged? It's on a manifestation of something as a result of the fruits for the kingdom. And it's worth us asking ourselves, what are we producing? What are we producing? The good soil is the place where saints come from. Not just saints, and I don't mean, you know, to be canonized saints sort of thing, but I mean, those, hopefully, you and I can call ourselves saints in the, in, the, in the language of St. Paul. We're following Jesus Christ. We're trying our best to live out the gospel. We're trying to love our neighbor, right? We're trying to be faithful to the church. We're trying to honor the church. We're trying to honor the Lord in the sacraments. We live a sacramental life. We go to mass. We go to confession. We say our prayers, this sort of stuff. That's the good soul. That's going to produce some things. Because if we can start living like that, it will spread throughout our whole lives. And we can do some real good for other people. And that's bearing fruit, is to love our neighbor and do some good. But I think the thing about being the good soil is we've got to be receptive and we've got to be open. You know, this is the whole thing. It makes the difference between, you know, someone that just, you know, just goes through life and ticks the boxes and someone that actually lives a Christian life. They're receptive, they're open, things change. They learn new things. They have different experiences. Because they're in tune with God, they are seeking a closer union with God, and they seek it through prayer, of course. And when that prayer is solid and foundational, they have greater trust in the Lord. They have greater belief. They have greater faith. You know, all these things come together. And as a result of all that, they can bear fruit. Bear fruit for the kingdom of God. And that's what the Lord's asking us to be today. So have a little... I know what you say, a soil check on yourself or see where you are in this. But really, we've got to be down at that level of that rich, deep, healthy soil. And when the Lord, you know, the word comes to us, we say the word, we say, you know, God's grace, the Holy Spirit speaks to us, other people in this world speak to us about the things of heaven. That soil can be receptive, it can be open, and it can grow and produce abundant fruit for the kingdom of God. And that is today's homily highlight from Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, rector at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. If you would like to listen to that homily again or any of our great locally produced shows, head over to materdayradio.com. You'll also access them on the Hail Mary media app. 
Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hi, this is Kevin Minetti, Director of the Encounter School of Ministry Portland Campus for Adults. We teach, equip, and activate disciples to demonstrate the love of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the normal life of an Encounter student. Jesus longs for us to demonstrate that he's still alive, still doing miracles, and he wants to equip us not just to tell it, but to show the world the power of his love. So I want to invite you to get equipped at the Summer Intensive. It's a two-day event sampling the first year of the Encounter School. It's on July 21st and 22nd at Ascension Church in Southeast Portland. Joined by guests Father Patrick Ganyu and Dr. Carrie McMahon. Topics are identity and transformation, hearing God's voice, physical healing, and inner healing and freedom. Prepare to see your faith transform. Register at EncounterSchool.org Portland. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 827 on Mater Day Radio. Well, the Powerball jackpot, <gasps> it grows. Uh-huh. Yeah, a lot of the details in the news. And it's all about how you use AI technology. A team of researchers is using it to translate the Bible into extremely rare languages. We'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here is Dan Bremness, and he knows. You are listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. I know you struggle and you're wrestling with unbelief. You feel the fire growing cold. Your broken heart is beating heavy like the air you breathe You're in this valley all alone So where do you turn? Where do you go? Well, he knows every pain, every tear that you've cried Every single part of you And he knows every doubt, every fear you fight the battles you've been going through and when it feels like you're holding the world on your shoulders just let go and trust him cause he knows sometimes in life we taste the bitterness of suffering it always leaves us asking why 
is Dan Bremnis, and he knows. It is 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In your news this hour, artificial intelligence systems are having their moment for sure. AI image generators such as Midjourney have proven capable of creating almost any picture imaginable, even a fake but compelling image of Pope Francis in a chic puffer coat. But one team of researchers is seeking to put AI to use for a different and more noble purpose, the translation of the Bible into extremely rare languages. Ulf Herm Jacob and Joel Matthews are researchers at the University of Southern California's Information Sciences Institute in Marina del Rey, California. They recently launched Greek Room, a computer program designed to streamline the process of Bible translation by providing needed quality control services such as spell checking for translation drafts created by humans. Herm Jacob, a lifelong Lutheran, said despite the Bible being the world's most translated book, it has so far been translated into only about 700 of the world's 7,000 languages, which excludes many languages that have several thousand speakers. Rare, they say, but far from tiny. For Catholics, translations, though, of the Bible must be approved by the Vatican or the appropriate bishop's conference before they can be published. So how many languages did you say? There's 7,000 world languages and 700 have a translation right. of the Bible. So 10% of That's, the world's population has access, or I should say, uh, languages, right. 10% languages. Man, that's a lot. 7, I didn't realize yeah. there were that many languages either. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, the cougar has left the rock. That's the word from the Oregon State Police and the Department of Fish and Wildlife when it comes to that big wild cat that was spotted on Haystack Rock at Cannon Beach on Sunday. Officials say they found what appeared to be cougar tracks leading away from the rock on Monday morning. Coast Guard also flew around the area and found no signs of the mountain lion. Beachgoers are being cautioned to stay alert in case the cougar returns, with officials warning Cougars and bears appear to be getting more comfortable in town. Mm-hmm. So you need to watch for that. Overall, the state is home to around 6,000 mountain lions, but sightings are not that common. The lone hunters prey mostly on deer. So a lot of coastal deer. But Sunday sighting did force the closure of a portion of Cannon Beach as authorities watched the rock from a distance. So they did speculate, like you were talking earlier, that they the cougar went out on the rock thinking, eh, food out there. Little buffet. Yeah, and uh, then uh, walked away when the tide went low, and uh, who knows if he returns or she. But okay. Got him heads up. We'll be watching for mm-hmm. it. Street racing once again took over multiple intersections throughout Portland on Sunday night from the Fremont Bridge to the Coley and Roseway neighborhoods. People living nearby say they heard gunshots, fireworks, and tires screeching for at least two hours in the corner of Northeast Fremont and 72nd Avenue. Monday morning, you could still see skid marks, pieces from cars and tires scattered on the side of the road, even after neighbors came by to clean some of it up. Chris Hansen, chair of the Roseway Neighborhood Association, who lives nearby, says he called Portland police but never saw their presence at the takeover. In the past, Portland police have said due to low staffing and the number of people and vehicles involved, a large coordinated response from police is required to safely break them up. The 7-Eleven location near Northeast Prescott and 60th Avenue, they were looted Sunday night. Owner says... Between fifteen thousand ten to fifteen thousand dollars worth of merchandise was stolen in less than two minutes. Security footage captured looters left with their hands full of things like cases of beer, cigarettes, and snacks after going behind the register. Despite the workers' pleas to leave, the mayor's office tells KGW Portland police are beefing up their traffic division against post-pandemic and have started performing stings at street takeovers, resulting in arrest. They are also looking for implementation of Senate Bill 615, which increases penalties like forfeiting a vehicle used in street takeovers and criminal penalties for those who organize these gatherings. Like I said, in our first hour, I went across Fremont Bridge, the top deck, skid marks in circles on the top of that. Yeah, That's dangerous enough, but do it on the top of the bridge (laughs) where... You're going to have a problem if you go over the edge. That's for sure. Well, Brenda, you can still check your numbers, but no big winner in last night's Powerball drawing. That means the jackpot has grown to $1 billion <laughs> for the third time in the game's history. That's billion with a B, not million. $1 billion. That's a, I mean, that's crazy. That that's, is crazy. That's, that's that's a lot of money. That's that's an understatement of the day, isn't no it? No doubt. Yeah. So the next drawing will be tomorrow. The Mammoth Grand Prize ranks as the seventh largest U.S. lottery jackpot and third largest Powerball jackpot behind the world record of a little over $2 billion. That was the jackpot one last year in California. 
Was that your parents who won that? My parents did not win that. They did not win that? Although I did have a friend who did, he's a banker, and he did some analysis on that particular drawing. He said if you won that one and took the lump sum after you paid taxes and then invested it in just a low, yeah. just safe um, type of investment, sure. you'd earn about $100,000 a day. Oh, my goodness. I went, really? He yeah. goes, yeah. That's why the rich get richer. That's it. That's Get how your money it works. to work for That's you. Right. So there have been thirty-eight consecutive thirty-eight consecutive drawings now with a without a jackpot winner. That goes back to April nineteenth. So in Saturday's Powerball drawing, there were a couple of Oregon winners. A fifty thousand dollar winning ticket was purchased in Portland, and another was bought in Bandon. So for the fifty thousand, do, do you have to match four numbers? I think that's is that what it, what it I is. That, wow. Yeah. So I have purchased. I again, I rarely play. Yeah, <laughs> I do. No, I know. And yeah. so because of that, though, I look at that and I don't know that I've ever hit more than <laughs> yeah. two. Two numbers. I know. I think that was might be the most that yeah. I've ever hit. Yeah, I don't think that's going to win you zero much. to one <laughs> yeah. is typical. Yes. Uh, you know, the Powerball isn't the only big jackpot, though. Mega Millions, that game, has a big jackpot, too. That's expected to be $640 million for tonight's drawing. So uh, you got another chance at another jackpot. Okay. I'll keep that in mind yeah. when I don't play probably this week. <laughs> True. U.S. officials on Monday approved the first long-acting drug to help protect babies and toddlers against a respiratory virus that sends tens of thousands of American children to the hospital each year. RSV is a cold-like nuisance for most healthy people, but it can be life-threatening in the very young and the elderly. The Food and Drug Administration approved the injection for infants and children up to two years old who face increased risk of severe RSV. Currently, there is not a vaccine for babies yet, though companies are working on them. This drug, to be sold under the brand name Bayfortis, is a laboratory-made version of an antibody that helps the immune system fight off RSV. Now, under the FDA approval, babies, including preterm infants, can receive a single injection to protect against their first season of RSV, which typically lasts about five months. Children up to age two can receive another dose to protect them during their second season facing the virus. Bayfortis, which will be marketed in the U.S., is already approved in Canada, Europe, and the U.K. They did not immediately, though, announce the price of this treatment. So RSV, that was like when the Oregon Health Authority was reporting on like three different viruses. That was one of them along with the flu and COVID. COVID. Those were the three people we're working about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In sports, pretty heady company when you talk about all the great golf courses around the world, but scenic Bandon Dunes on the southern Oregon coast ranks sixth on the list of the most desirable courses to play, according to a study that was reported by on Oregon Live that used internet search and social media analytics come up with its rankings. Augusta National, of course, home to the Masters in Georgia. That was the top golf course that uh, people wanted to play. Second on the list, TPC Sawgrass in Florida. That hosts the Players' Championship. Third was the old course in St. Andrews, Scotland. The Emeritus or the shoe Emirates Golf Course, the Emirates Golf Club in Dubai. Oh, is, I would love fourth. to go yeah, there. Right. So <laughs> Pebble Beach, 
That was next. I like that. Yeah, number five, uh, of course, that's in Monterey, California. Oh, I've never been to Monterey. I'd like to go to Monterey. Have uh, you been there? Well, well yeah, I've not a bit. I've been through Monterey. Yeah. Of course, it's beautiful there. Cannery Row, I think, right? All yeah, of that John there. John Steinbeck. And, uh, but not ever near the golf course. A beautiful area. Oh, I mean, yeah, California yeah. coastlines. It's pretty nice. Yeah. I can't. I can't deny that. Well, just come a little bit farther north, and that's number six, Bandon Dunes. Bandon is beautiful. Yeah. Oregon coastline, yeah. rugged and beautiful, yeah. and you're not a lot of you know build up around yeah. that. So, so if you're going to do your bucket list of golf courses, there you go. That's it. Huh? That's it. Dubai okay. next on. Dubai next Dubai. on your list, right? That's the one I'm going to. I'm going to get on that uh, first class service on yeah. Dubai Air, which apparently yeah. is second to none. There you go. The next three years will mark three major anniversaries of the birth, death, and canonization of St. Thomas Aquinas. In particular, the Dominican uh, in Toulouse, France, where Aquinas is buried, will be celebrating these anniversaries with various events. Of course, today is the 700th anniversary of his canonization. In 2024, 750-year anniversary of his death, which was March 7th of in 1274 and then sometime in the year 2025 will be the 800th year of his anniversary of his birth so over the next three years various celebrations will occur around the world in dominican houses and universities to celebrate this honored saint it's time to find out what's going on in our catholic community on Thursday at 7 o'clock this week, Young Voices of the Philippines will be singing at the Grotto. Young Voices of the Philippines will perform this special choral concert in the Chapel of Mary. A free will offering will be taken to help offset the cost of travel for these talented young musicians. Remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, it's Tuesday. You know what that means. I certainly do. That means it's Tech Tuesday. Sarah the K, as we Sarah like to call her. Sarah the K. Sarah the K, as we like to call her. That would be Sarah Kinsey. She's going to join us next. Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. As a recovering perfectionist, author Colleen Carroll Campbell admires St. Jane de Chantal, a widow who struggled with perfectionism herself. Then Jane met Frances de Sales, who dispelled her notion that God wanted her to do everything perfectly and drive herself harder and harder. Colleen noted that Frances taught Jane, be gentle with the child who interrupts you, Decide not to gossip about those in-laws who drive you crazy. Be patient with everyone, but above all with yourself. Colleen concluded, When Jane internalized this advice, she grew into this paragon of gentleness. It's amazing what grace can do in the life of any perfectionist if we open our hearts to God's dream of perfect for us rather than our own. This message was brought to you by the Christophers. Thanks for listening, and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. 
Support from Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. Hi everyone, this is David from Mater Dei Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Mater Dei Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. Eight forty-five at Mater Day Radio. Going to be a beautiful day today. Yesterday had a little few clouds, a little cooler, but today, yeah, going to be sunny. High of eighty-four, mostly clear tonight. Low of sixty-five, and then Wednesday heating up. Sunday ninety-three. So yeah, <laughs> tomorrow's kind of your hot day of the week. Back to the mid eighties on Thursday. Okay, well we'll be ready for it. Currently it is sixty-four degrees at the Proto Cathedral of Saint James the Greater in Vancouver, and sixty-three. Three degrees at St. Thomas More Church in Portland. Well, coming in after fighting a little bit of traffic, Sarah Kenzie joining us today. Sarah is the digital media manager here at Mater Day Radio. She's coming in on Tuesdays for a Tech Tuesday, as we like to call her, David. Sarah the K. Sarah the K is here. Joining us in studio. Good morning, Sarah. How things are a little tough out there this morning. Good morning. Yeah, they're just a little slow, but, but it's all right. I got you. Oh, Got to get the mic going here. One, two. There How we are things out there this morning, Sarah Kinsey? <laughs> Let's start over. Uh, good morning. Uh, they're all right. They're just a little slow today, but I got here, so we're all good. Well, we're thankful for that. I'm real sorry about that. Well, David, I'm going to blame that on you because you had to take vacation last <laughs> week, and all of the microphone settings got realigned, so that way, because we were using different microphones, but... Everything is all back to normal. Yes, now. I always get blamed. I know that's blame just like at, just like at home. <laughs> to the blame calendar. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think that's Aaron's job. Well, Sarah, you are joining us today for another Tech Tuesday. You're joining us because, again, our our great supporters here at Mater Dei Radio. We'd like to send them a little email, let them know what's happening this week at Mater Dei Radio. Put some highlight reels, we'll call it, there in for them to just kind of in case they miss the best of the best from Mater Day Radio. Our first interview, this has been a great uh, partnership that we have been able to continue with one of our interns. Bernadette Curl was with us last year. She is headed on an adventure. She's almost like the where in the world is Bernadette Curl. <laughs> Where's she going? Uh, so Bernadette is going to World Youth Day, uh, just coming up here real soon. And um, so I wanted to highlight this interview for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, it's a great interview as uh, Brenda sits down with Bernadette and just kind of previews the trip. Um, but also, we are going to continue to hear from Bernadette while she is on her trip. So the uh, she and then maybe also her some of her siblings that are with her are going to be sending us some video and some clips, um, video clips that we'll share uh, both here on the air and then also on our social media. So um, just a great way to kind of get an inside look uh, at World Youth Day. You know, it's so exciting um, happening 
I'm in Portugal here very soon. And uh, I know a lot of my friends are going. A lot of people that we know around here are going. Um, and there's a lot of different groups that are organizing um, to go together. And so uh, because we had, you know, this relationship with Bernadette already, she was a fantastic intern for us last summer. We thought, hey, this is a great way for her to get even more experience, kind of, uh, you know, like field reporting a little bit um, and, and just a fun way for us to kind of show um, all of our listeners kind of uh, an inside look of, at what is happening on a World Youth Day pilgrimage. So you want to listen to that because then you can also get prepared for uh, when you, we hear from her in the future. That's August, right? World Youth Day. Yes, um, it's the first week of August. I want to say, uh, I know that the, it ends on the 6th of August. Uh-huh. So I think that everybody descends into Lisbon around the 1st or the 2nd might be the opening of it. And then it goes for a week. Pope Francis going to have a very short time right, there. Right. Just a couple of days. They're going to helicopter him oh, over right. to Fatima and back. He's just spending a few hours yeah. there. So I mm-hmm. reminded in that interview, because I, I had one trip to Fatima, which was a, a joy of my life. And I said, across the street from the monastery of St. Jerome's, there is a bakery that was started by the monks that live there in order to augment their income. And they make these little teeny tiny pastries. Mm. And I used to eat just because they're small, so you can eat a lot of them. But (laughs) I would eat like four or five every day. Nice. They were delicious. We'll have to ask Bernadette to go check it out. She'll and... have to. It's the national pastry, <laughs> and I can understand why. It is a Tag Tuesday today at Mater Day Radio. Sarah Kenzie joining us today. Sarah, since you've come on board, you have really expanded our, uh, we'll say, ways that the word can get out there because you've digitized and our podcasts are, are just running amazingly. We have the app now. You have audio, uh, text, video prayers that are available on the app and the signs of hope portion is incredible. Remind our listeners what you've got on there because there's some new stuff on there. Thanks, Brenda. Uh, So the Signs of Hope project is one that I started last year, and it's a video and podcast series that go together. And it's really highlighting stories of hope in our community, especially uh, religious groups or um, organizations or or just even people in their parishes. Um, It's I don't have as much time to as I would like to get uh, things out as quickly as I would like. Um, So. Uh, We actually have a couple more projects coming down the pipeline, so stay tuned for those. Uh, But this week, uh, we did release some new podcast episodes, and these are from uh, a day that I spent um, at the Magdalene Home in Southern Oregon, and it's a home for uh, pregnant and parenting uh, young mothers who who need some uh, extra help and support, and they live there. And uh, we had previously released a video of this, but I'm really excited about the podcast episodes that we just released because because you get to hear the full conversation. And that's kind of the fun part about this series is you get the video, so you get to see like the visual component. Um, and then you also, you know, get to listen to long form podcasts. So um, some of the podcasts that we've done in the past are like half an hour long, but these these ones are a little shorter, but we really don't have a time limit. And so we're going to talk to the executive director, one of the house mothers, and uh, one of the mothers that lived um, there when I visited. So just they're really powerful and just a great thing that's happening, you know, here in Oregon. And so I just encourage all of you to check that out. And remind our listeners where on the app they can find the Signs of Hope 
a series. Yeah, so you can find that in the uh, podcast section of the app. All right, fantastic. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, thanks uh, for talking with us. I think you're going to have a little discussion with David about the benefits of uh, Taylor Swift in here. Yes, in just David, a moment. I heard some uh, I heard some comments as I walked in today. So David and I are going to have well, a little discussion. Brenda said she's in Seattle, right? She's coming to Seattle. She's going to be playing at the stadium here real soon. There you go. All right. So we'll have more discussion on that. Sarah, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you both. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Greetings and blessings to all of you listening to Mater Day Radio. Join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, and other listeners of Mater Day Radio as we pray the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MaterDayRadio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Hood Hospice. For more than 40 years, Mount Hood Hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in East Multnomah and Clackamas counties. With a compassionate medical and spiritual support team, Hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a double shot to start the day on Mater Day Radio. 855 at Mater Day Radio. Did you hear that? I know. How about that? I like that. Uh, You know, it's going to be a nice day today. Sunny, high of around 84 degrees, clear overnight tonight, low of 65. Sunny tomorrow, going to be the hot day tomorrow, 93 degrees. Currently 63 degrees in the Rose City. All right, be ready for that heat. Check on your neighbors if you can. Currently, oh, you already said currently. 63. Hey, how's this? Close out the show, Kyle Sincouli and From the Cross. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Yeah.
in now Bound to have a breakdown There is hope for you Keep your head up There's nothing to be scared of You have been forgiven Kyle Cooley and From the Cross. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this Tuesday on The Morning Blend. David and Brenda with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Get out there, enjoy the weather today. 84, so tomorrow 93. So okay. this might be the walk day today. Because tomorrow might be a little It's going to be warm in the afternoon. Yeah. And we know that it heats up by 4 or 5 o'clock mm-hmm. is when we hit the peak for sure. So be ready. That's going to wrap it up for us on The Morning Blend. We hope you have a very blessed day.